Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I am joined in studio by Molly Williams. Hello, Molly. Hello, Sarah. Good to see you again. Yep. The second time today already, and it's Fine. just 1030 in the morning. Yep. Very nice. Yes, it was wonderful to get to run with you today because we have not been running together as much as usual. No, for a variety of reasons. Yeah, you've been traveling and... And I, injury. And injured. Yeah, the undiagnosed injury. Now I think it's tendonitis. That's what oh, I, that's, right. That's what I've decided because it gets better with the anti-inflammatories. So tendonitis on the inside of the knee. And you did hear that from some, um, a, another, someone other than a, a veterinarian such as yourself. <laughs> I asked the magic eight ball. That's what it told me. Uh, well, I saw, I saw a sports medicine physician and a PT. And at the time I saw him, I was fine. So they were like, eh, oh. baby, baby. Uh, but then it got worse. And so uh, my, one of my best friends, well, my college roommate, my best childhood friend, uh-huh. not my best friend other childhood friend but first and she, she was also my college roommate and i was her maid of honor and, wait wait wait, wait okay. my head's spinning a pal of yours a pal of mine so her name is, is jennifer um she's a pt and her husband's a pt and so mm. i met her when i was in ohio and i'm like what the heck's going on and again they're like eh, eh. but andy uh, her husband thought that maybe tendonitis because it got better with anti-inflammatory so that's what i'm going with mm-hmm. it's getting better it's still niggly I'm not going to do Twin Cities Marathon. Big disappointment for me. I know. So that was this morning on a mere four miles together. Yeah. I've already canceled my flight. Wow, Molly, you're yeah. a woman of action. Uh, I am a woman of action. Because <laughs> I mean, I kept on being like, oh, when are we going to have the talk? The talk about whether you do Twin Cities. And instead it's like, oh yeah, like as well, we're running along. I, I'm doing four miles now. You think I'm ready for a marathon? <laughs> what do you think? I did keep thinking that because for a while, I mean, as of maybe three weeks ago, you kind of were like, oh yeah, as long as I could get in 120, I'm going to be good. Well, yeah, a month ago, if I could have ramped up, but I, you know, I've ramped up to four miles. And <laughs> I'm not I'm not on ibuprofen right now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you've you've been traveling a lot. I've been traveling a lot. That's the mm-hmm. other reason we haven't seen each other. It's been kind yes. of a funny summer that way, hasn't it? It has been. Yeah, we yeah. haven't haven't seen each other much. So you were back in the heartland. You were in Ohio. I was in Ohio. Had a nice time. Which is where you grew up. Yes, I grew up in Oxford, and I went to Ohio State. And my husband's family's from Columbus, so we went to Columbus. Uh, we went to Kings Island near Cincinnati, which mm-hmm. is an amusement park that I grew up going to. Had a ton of fun. Rode the most awesome roller coaster called the Diamondback. <laughs> I thought I was going to die. I literally thought I was going to die. It goes way up high and takes this big plunge down. It looked like you look like you're free falling. You really feel like you're free falling. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you were telling me details about that roller coaster and you showed me pictures. I mean, it looked horrifying. Horrifying. It, it was. It was horrifying. <laughs> it was so scary as I was plummeting down. I literally had to remind myself to breathe. And so I started doing the Lamaze breathing. The <laughs> and my, my best friend, Jenny, not Jennifer, but Jenny was sitting next to me. And she thought she was going to pass out. So she looked over at me, who was doing Lamaze breathing. And she started cracking up so bad. And she just couldn't stop laughing. And then our picture, you know how they take the picture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I'm just, she's like red and like tears are coming out of her eyes. And me, I'm like, eyes are like big as saucers with the, you know, Purse lips with the Lamaze breeding. <laughs> anyway, it was hilarious. Um, but it was super smooth. It was really fun. Couldn't do it again. But if you go to Kings Island, you have got to ride that roller coaster. No, I just can't. I just, I, I mean, I used, I've never been a daredevil, but I used to be 
pretty good about riding rides. And since I've had kids or gotten older, I'm not sure which it is, I just cannot do rides. I mean, it is, it's horrifying. And the sensation, I just think it's an equilibrium, like hormone thing. But it just that's wha- two different things. Is it scary or is it nauseating or is it both? Um... Huh, that's inter- I, because I, feel... I can handle the scary because I did get nauseated, which is why I can only do it once. But I kind of like the scary. Oh yeah, no, see, I don't enjoy the scary at all. I no, scary. I mean, I I think I've told the story on the podcast about when I uh, went on that thing at Oaks Park here in Portland, that small amusement park here, and that I thought, just go to your happy place, just go to your happy place. I don't have a happy place. Which ride was that? It was um, it, it's you, you're standing up and you're push, you know, centrifugal oh. force, and it it oh. starts going. It's kind of like a roundup. Yeah, it starts yeah, going and then, around and around and then does a big tilt. Right, it's a big vomit maker <laughs> <laughs> it's a big vomit maker but it's it's more i can't stand that sensation in my stomach which i don't deem nausea nausea i just think of it as uh-huh. just that it just drops uh-huh. i just feel I my like stomach drop. and the look on your face right now you're like so like <laughs> chipper about it all <laughs> if it wasn't for yeah feeling like i was gonna throw up for the next 45 minutes after i'm done but, and i used to be able to do it but now i can't just the interview thing oh my gosh yeah no it just it just freaks me out way too much oh uh-huh. i almost got struck by lightning in ohio i didn't tell you that story you did not tell me that yeah, story so it's coming out of a restaurant maybe i did tell you a story it's coming out of a restaurant with jennifer and we were walking across the parking lot and a big bolt of lightning hit not like right by us i could see it going down behind <gasps> a building but we could feel it you know the <gasps> static and the hair wow. on my arms and jennifer's daughter had uh, tingling in her foot that lasted oh about 20 minutes because she had sandals on it must have gone up through her foot oh my goodness I never had anything like that happen before it was really 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 scary wow so that's ohio thrills and near-death experiences (laughs) wow because humidity right because we do not i mean thunder and lightning's a true rarity out here in oregon it freaks people out here right and lucy and i went running one morning and lucy your middle daughter my middle daughter and it was thundering but it was way off in the distance and it you know it's been 25 years since i've lived in ohio and I was like, yeah, we probably shouldn't run if it's thunder. Because, you know, here, if it gets gray and it's raining, you're like, eh. Yeah. We're going, right? Right, but, right. So we, we did call it oh, uh-huh. quits on the run. We uh-huh. came back. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So I have been the lonely marathon runner. The solitary marathon runner. So yeah. are you uh, getting into your... Your brain, you're meeting your demons, um, having long conversations I, with yourself. I am reminding myself that I'm not in pain, I'm not in discomfort, I'm just bored. Uh-huh. But are you are you finding like a deeper self in these quiet moments of discomfort? Um, I am finding great pride and joy. Well, there you go. I mean, yesterday I had to, um, you know, I'm in the thick of things, you know, the, the Twin Cities Marathon is October 1st, so August is really the meat of the training. And um, so I'm at the stage where, you know, there's that one long weekday run. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that are just like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. suddenly a run that was your long weekend run is now a w- weekday run. Um, what is it, eight miles or something? Nine miles yesterday. And it was oh, wow, yeah. um, negative split. So it was five miles at a conservative pace and then picking it up a little bit for the um, four. And I just felt so strong mm. and positive and upbeat in those four miles. Mm. And I just was like... 
I just, I mean, I was truly had the biggest runner's high. Ooh. I uh, wore this Saucony shirt that, um, for the rest of the day, then, um, runner's high is still legal in fi- all 50 states. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a popular thing to wear in Oregon. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I, I just, I mean, I definitely get back and my 18 miler uh, last weekend went really well. And I definitely do the, you know, I raise my arms in triumph and let all low. Woo. <laughs> um, when I get back, um, uh, well, yeah. maybe you like training by yourself. Mm, no. Without me complaining behind you. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. It is... It, it's, it's different. It is different. And it's... Um, I mean, sure. I, you know, yesterday I was like, oh, this is good because I just do my pace. Yeah. I don't have to be like, oh, hey, can we slow it down in this first five? Or like, oh, I could have gone a little faster. Should I have gone a little faster in this right. second four? You know, whatever. But... Mm, no. You're probably continuing to build like your own strength too. Like you're getting through this on your own. Yes. Oh yes. Oh, mental fortitude yeah. is definitely coming my way, and I'm really surprised by how um, confident and competent I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, I really kind of thought those days were behind me. You really are confident and competent. That's a good oh. way to put it. I, oh, that's I'm, sweet of I'm very proud of you, and I'm very jealous oh it's hard i look at your posts and stuff and it's uh i'll just skim through them because it just gets a little bit too painful sometimes uh-huh. but i'm really i'm really proud of you oh thanks and if the shoe were on the other foot i would hope that yeah i would do the same thing so you know certainly yeah. no, yeah, yeah. no bad it, will it, towards it, your training yeah oh yeah no i know that and i mean i do feel i've i feel you know i feel badly that that I you know. yeah yeah so um because you, i deem you as you know a very um healthy runner and uh, generally i am yeah 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 it seems like almost like it seems to me the only times you've really gotten injured are when you have stepped up to do a marathon because the number yeah. of times you have stepped up i feel like is this the third one you haven't been able to do because of because your uh, first one you didn't yes, do and then third, um yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah but uh i stopped doing the training the strength training mm-hmm. what around right around february because that's oh, yeah. when pa- taxes were due yeah, right right and because she stopped for monetary out, reasons I ran out of money i'm like yeah. okay i'm gonna do it on my own and yeah. that didn't go so well yeah and so i think not doing the strength training was uh-huh. part of it uh-huh yeah. yeah 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 because um so i've been thinking about that actually because i feel so strong particularly in my core you wouldn't know it from looking at me but I just feel like I have a very strong base to fire my limbs off mm-hmm. against. Yeah. Um, that was an awkwardly and phrased sentence, but yeah. You're, you've been running a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And aside from going down a wrong slide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How many injuries have you had? You had the plantar fasciitis. And plantar fasciitis, it, right? yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, we're actually going to get into this topic, whether people are kind of prone to injury or not. We're going to get into that a little bit with our second guest. But, um, but yeah so um so but i have been doing i added uh, in addition to doing the bar class once a week um i now have been doing the what they call friendly fire and it's kind of just group strength training Mm -hmm. um and you know you choose your own weights it's a lot of body weight exercises sometimes there's you know i don't know like strength ropes involved or bands or whatever but i definitely feel that 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 has helped. I mean, it's just yeah, so it's different. Than and it's so easy to avoid all that stuff, you know, in the, in a regular, like, 
Yes, uh-huh. absolutely. It's I find it hard to push myself to do that kind of stuff, and I also get kind of intimidated if I'm at the gym. I, I you know, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Should it be ten pounds or fifteen? <laughs> right. right. How many reps? How hey. many? Yeah. Uh, now I'm bored. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but do they make you do pull-ups at Friendly Fire? They do not. Oh, no. God, so yeah, it's fr- uh, this place that we work out the refinery. Um, the Friendly Fire is kind of the begin the 101 to the um, more advanced um the burn mm-hmm. and the burn i just felt so incompetent in and this one friendly fire i feel like i can do it and get it done you know do it mm-hmm. well and have benefits from it and um well when yeah. i was talking to my pt friends they because they do like those beach body oh right yeah you're whatever those yeah. things are called mm-hmm. and there's all these you can modify them, right? You know, mm-hmm. and they have the different people that are doing them. You're like, oh, I'm going to follow that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but, but Jennifer was saying that, especially as you get older, you've got to really know how to modify your exercises. Oh. And it's really easy to get pushed into doing really more than you want. Mm-hmm. And that's can be a good thing about a group class. And somebody can help you modify. It can also be a bad thing about a group class because you get pushed to do you things. You get pushed man. to do things. Mm-hmm. But you really got to modify. You got to mm-hmm. know your own body. And it's that's uh, not an entry level thing. You know, that's a, an advanced level thing. I'm not there. I'm just getting there. But I, I think like I could do the burn now mm-hmm. and just like not box jumps. I'm not going to box jump. I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe like I'll jump on the little one, but I'm going to step. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, yes. So I will, I will fare forward by myself and, and I carry and you with me. Kick butt. Yeah. Thank you. You are definitely, I mean, I think about, I basically have conversations with you <laughs> while I'm running solo. <laughs> so, and I just have to say, thank heavens for audiobooks Because um, at least that carries me through a lot of miles. And um, gosh, I really love our new Rock My Run mix that um, Rise and Conquer. Uh, all women's songs I adore it and you made that mix didn't you I did yeah yeah, yeah. The, I mean Rock My Run blended it but oh. it is or DJ'd it um so but yeah 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 so well um all this all our conversation kind of leads right into today's topic which is prehab which is kind of the art of staying healthy of being able to continue running and living as you want to without being hobbled by injury after this short break Molly and I will be joined by two guests to talk about this keep you moving subject stay with us First up is Brittany Fowler. She's an experienced personal trainer and presenter, providing training and education for several education companies, including our partner Triggerpoint and TRX. Brittany teaches group strength, cardio, cycling, and Pilates classes. Brittany appeared on the A&E series Heavy as a trainer to clients facing life-threatening health consequences as a result of their obesity. Uh, perhaps not quite as high profile, Brittany also led foam rolling sessions at the first AMR Run Plus Refresh Retreat. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, yeah. It's great to reunite with you, Brittany. You did such an amazing job at our 2015 retreat in Little Rock. It was a great experience. I love my runners. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so so I know you're a runner yourself. Uh, share a bit of your own athletic experience with us. Uh, you know, I started running with friends just as a means of uh, getting out the frustrations with school and life and all that good stuff and just enjoyed it. Did my a friend talked me into my first half marathon and from there I was just I was it was a done deal and uh, uh-huh. friend talked me into the San Francisco full marathon and I was just like, what a way to tour a city. Let's just do a marathon. You'll get to see so many things and uh-huh. um and exercise while you're at it. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. So 
you know, from there, uh, I actually had a client who said, you should qualify for Boston. And I thought, yeah, that's funny. And, um, <laughs> but lo and behold, you know, I just, I was, I was following a program, feeling good. And I thought, you know, I might, you know, shoot for it. And sure enough, I, in Austin, I uh, qualified and ran the Boston Marathon. Now, I ran it pregnant. I just went for the experience, so don't look up my time or anything. Um, wow. Yeah, how, it, how, preg- how pregnant were you? How many months pregnant were you? Uh, I was 23 weeks, I think, along. Wow. And wow. So, yeah. So, I it was, you know, it was, it was so hot that year. They were, I think they were allowing you to, you know, skip and go the next year. But That was 2012? Yeah. Okay, there you go. It was 2012. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I ran that one. Yeah, that was scary hot. Yeah. Yes. So I, I walked at the end for sure. But anyways, that's, you know, I, I've always had a love for it. I was very proud of myself. I never knew I could do that. I thought I could do it. And um, anyways, but, uh, you know, it's a release for me. It's fun. I love just going on a run to talk with friends. And it's just a passion. And, and uh, mm-hmm. anyway, so I'm excited to talk about it. <laughs> good, 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 good. That's great. Well, it sounds like you have a very busy professional life. Uh, tell us some of the ways you help women get strong and injury-free. Uh, love it. Well, uh, I work, I do one-on-one personal training as well as group fitness and Pilates and uh, those things I love. I'm in touch every day. Of course, you know, with group fitness, you're in front of uh, a lot of people have an opportunity to coach before, you know, pre, make sure you're rolling before we start and post talking about it. So I get to talk with a lot of people and help them after classes. And then with Trigger Point, I teach there, I train trainers. So I get to work with trainers who are going to then work with however many people. So I get to have a hand in that. I love um, bringing the brilliant minds together of trainers and working on uh, systematic approaches and helping people and their clients be successful. So I get to do their workshops and continuing education credits. And uh, let's see, what else? Um, Particularly, uh, you know, I'm a mom. I got there's a lot of women here in the community that I get to work with and connect with just based on the struggles and reality of taking care of yourself and getting your workouts in and, you know, uh, taking care of the home and life and all that good stuff. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Did you get into the personal training through your running or were you doing that before your running? Uh, you know, injury, actually funny you ask. So oh. I, mm, <laughs> when I was in high school, I tore my ACL in basketball and, uh, had to do physical therapy and realized I don't like physical therapy. <laughs> um, realized I would never want to have anything to do with that. I was just so bored thinking, oh my gosh, it's just, it's painful and it's so slow. And, and I thought, but you know, I absolutely love lifting. I love feeling strong. I love working out. And I felt really, I guess, empowered when I was, uh, when I had a coach and was getting trained on strength training. And I thought, how... I started collecting girlfriends and training them, uh, and you know, I just it became a passion then of lifting. Really, started it started with lifting, and uh, grew into running. And then, you know, I was going off to college. I thought, what do I want to do? And I flipped through the little manual, and I found sport management degree, which is like your sciences, which I love, but working in a fitness club. And I thought, you know, I, the prevent, the, the front side of things, not the after math mm-hmm. of being injured. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, you know, it just, I, I guess it started something uh, probably from my injury, was just wanting to really 
uh, work on the pre before the, you know, the post. But anyways, yeah. Well, I think that's a wise way to approach it. <laughs> so how do you define uh, prehab, Brittany? What do you have? Somebody wants to run. What do you say for prehab? For prehab, uh, preparing for the fight before it happens. You won't be so banged Ooh. up. Yeah. Oh, I like that. So I'd rather pre- prepare and go to battle than, you know, uh, be beat up so uh, so insanely that the recovery part puts me way past coming back to the game, you know, any anytime close to the timeline I'd want. So, you know, pre, uh, pre is everything. Pre is the um, protecting and... Uh, giving you comfort in what you're going to do in a sense of I'd rather, you know, feel more comfortable in my skin, my muscles, my joints, and my body by preparing for what is to come, um, you know, minimize my pain, improve mobility, uh, save money, woohoo! So, um, <laughs> yeah, pre- preparing, preparing, I think, is the is the key because when you prepare you're actually recovering from your sleep from your day's work whatever it may be you're actually recovering from all those things to actually prepare for being you know for movement and and for your body so it's you know it comes full circle and that's why i think Mm -hmm. it's important to emphasize Mm it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well cool well um as we as we often love doing we turn to our wonderful facebook page to collect questions from mother runners for you so um So let's start with a laugh with this question from Erica. She says, I don't foam roll. Am I doomed? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, if we're being funny, you know, my (laughs) grandfather said he ate bacon every day and he was fine and that he was going to, you know, but no, um, (laughs) you know, are you just, so I would say this, uh, you know, great. If you have no issues now, fantastic for you. I'm so, I'm so thankful. Um, the problem is it's like investing in your 401k now, okay? So you get to whatever age and you're like, dang. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you can't always anticipate, but if you're preparing along the way, you're going to feel a lot safer, a lot happier, a lot better in the long run and down the road. And, um, you know, often people are frustrated or, or whatever it may be because of they're not sure how or what to do or it seems like mm-hmm. tedious work, but just start with a minute one minute and you'll you'll be amazed at the habit you form and build but it's um i wouldn't say you know i'm not going to say you're doomed i'm not going to hope that for you at all uh i just think if you're looking to just uh feel more comfortable when you're running and uh, prepare for the future in a sense and actually speed up your recovery and think about your from a performance aspect perhaps if that's what motivates you there are so many great great reasons to do this i would say one more thing actually i think the best description i could give is like going to the dentist so you can brush you know lucky you if you make it through time but if you don't brush your teeth day to day when you go in and you have all the plaque buildup, you end up in trouble later and spending more money. But if you mm-hmm. would, you know, day to day do the little bit of work, then, you know, in the long run, you're going to be better off. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I like that analogy because I hate doing any extra things. All I want to do is run, but I'm injured now. And I think it's because I stopped doing strength training and I, I don't like foam rolling either, but with you saying preparing for the fight before it happens and being more comfortable that is motivating me to want to be more mm-hmm. comfortable because mm-hmm. i'm i'm 50 
I want to be more comfortable. (laughs) I'm giving that kind of that bad stuff up. So let's get down to some details. Carissa wants to know, is it better to foam roll immediately after running or closer to bedtime or in the morning like Sarah or does it matter? And if I'm only going to do it once a day, when should I do it? Excellent question. Very common question. So uh, I would tell you this. It's most important that we start the habit and you're successful. So does that mean before bed, after your workout, first thing in the morning? I will take any of those if that's where you fit it in your day. Because it's like saying, oh, I worked out this morning. Does it count this afternoon? Sure it does. (laughs) So, So if you do it, your body and me and you, we're happy. Okay. Now, if I had to pick... Uh, a few, I personally prefer right before go time, you know, right before mm. per- performance time, mainly because it will reduce fatigue starting out. So that feeling of like, gosh, I hit the brick wall on mile one, but after about six or so, I'm good to go. But I would prefer to start out not feeling so fatigued and have better biomechanics to save, save like my knees and back later. Um, so, so I prefer the pre because I do feel the blood flow, the relaxation of my muscles. And I, I like to feel like I'm performing to my best, especially like, for instance, if I'm running in front of the group or if I'm performing in front of a class, I want to look the part like I, like I am, um, looking fluid. So I like to do pre, but Post is a great way to immediately start your recovery process. It doesn't diminish completely, but will decrease soreness and get you to your next workout faster. And technically, if you're just putting in the time, it's going to work. People do it before bed a lot of times to either relax or it was the only time to fit it in in their day, and it might help you sleep. And then I've had other people do it first thing in the morning, which I will tell you, I teach 5.30 in classes, so I'm doing it pre-class, but I'm also doing it first thing in the morning. So I do it I do it that way because um, a lot of, you know, you've been dehydrated and non-moving for however many hours in bed, seven, eight, because we all do eight, right, for sure. Um, <laughs> so you got to think about that, non-movement, dehydration all night long. Your body's going to be stiff, and, and that's why cats and babies in the morning stretch out, and we should. So if we would roll and flush that out, you can start feeling better immediately, not just as you got warmed up, mile, whatever. But if you would do that, A, you would make it happen. It would get done. You're preparing and taking care of yourself first thing in the morning. There can't be excuses where it doesn't happen all day long. So I think morning is a great habit-building time, honestly. Um, But, you know, I do, if I'm going into the gym later, I like right before my workout, I just feel like I don't ache as much and I'm going to perform better. So I think those are things you need to think about when you're, you got, you know, you want to do it. How could we make this? When's going to be make you the most successful? I think that's the answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you do it in your pajamas or do you wait till you get dressed? Uh, you know, both, but I start to sweat. So usually I wait till I get dressed, but I have done it in pajamas. Yeah. yeah, I, 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 um, so I do it first thing in the morning, uh, before I go running and I do it in my pajamas. And if I get a little sweaty, I just take off my pajama top. And you yeah. hope your kids don't come walking in. <laughs> oh, my kid, my kid, my kids see me naked all the time. They don't ah, care. Yeah, care. So. <laughs> I, I would do it post run sometime with just my bathrobe on and the kids came goes down the basement. The kids walked down, you know, the bathrooms all fall apart. Like, ah, <laughs> look away, look away. Anyway, uh, but can you do foam rolling instead of stretching? Can you swap those out? Well, so there's there's benefits to both. And uh, uh, stretching is fabulous, don't get me wrong. I like people to really start a habit of the foam rolling. So the, the, the difference is you might look at 
is uh, with rolling, you're going to have actual flushing out of metabolic waste and very localized like blood, blood flow and creating that recovery immediately. Uh, stretching just can't touch what foam rolling does in some senses. So it's kind of like uh, you have a rope with a knot in the middle and you pull on both ends, what happens? The knot gets, gets tighter. tighter, doesn't tighter. come out. So if we were to go and compress and move and do a lot of our techniques, massage type techniques that we do with rolling, and we get that knot out, and then we pull on both ends, and it regains its proper length that was intended for anyways. So now all of a sudden, that calf muscles its proper length, and your gait is better instead of pulling and, and pulling your knee out of alignment because it's not the right length, right? So. Mm -hmm. So if you can think about that, it's um, there, there's a, a ton of benefits to rolling, not that there's not to static stretching, and there's definitely a time and place, and actually using rolling, static stretching, dynamic stretching, things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, I would love all of them in people's programs, but mm -hmm. I, I would really emphasize the rolling because the things that it can do that like static stretching can't touch are, are very important and, and can make the difference for somebody, whether it be pain or just wanting to improve performance or feel better. No, I think that's good advice because sometimes I'm too tight when I get home from a run to, to stretch well and so I could do a little rolling and then try to move into that stretching. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So um, Alicia has a question. What are the best places in the body to foam roll before a run and how long should your pre-run routine be? Okay, good question. Uh, so the where's should we roll and how longs? So... If, if we were, again, I would say, okay, one minute is better than none. Because mm -hmm. if I can talk somebody into one minute, and I promise this happens, don't tell, don't really tell anybody, but you do one minute, they'll end up doing 10 anyways, because it'll feel so, they'll get down and they'll already be doing, but you do one minute, and it's actually like a spider web, right? You do, you, you, if you compress, so your leg's on a foam roller, and what it does is that throughout that spider web, you'll actually feel a vibration. So it will affect all the surrounding muscles and it will really help your gait or your biomechanics. So if I just got everybody doing, you know, one minute, it would be better than none. However, um, if you find yourself wanting to do better than that, or actually, you know, you're really into, I'm gonna set the side of time, you know, this, the time aside to do this, then I would say, what what is what are you willing? Because I know you you know, okay. I want to spend my time running. I don't have all this time. Dedicate five, ten, or fifteen minutes. I would say that's probably realistic. Maybe your willingness would be there. Mm -hmm. But calves. So if we think about soleus and kind of from the ground up, that's going to affect our biomechanics. Uh, mm -hmm. Calves. The quadriceps, like that lateral quad close to your IT band and your glutes, I would say some, be, would be some, you know, high priority spots. Mm -hmm. And if you're spending about, you know, a minute per site, so each calf, each quad, and each glute, that's just six minutes. Um, right. I, I would take that. Now, you know, we have specific programming because we know that it's important for people sometimes to have a systematic approach. Tell me. How many times do I do it? And then, yeah, rev sets and I'll do it. Just tell me how and what. Right, right. So at trigger point, you know, if we have the calf, we say there's two zones and you roll up and down and you roll side to side, you know, this many times. And what's great about that is you can check it off your list. 
and it actually makes you spend enough time there because we know science that it's time under tension, which means you held it long enough to make a difference and not just a five second, okay, woohoo. So, um, you know, programming can be important, but again, if you're not sure and you don't know that programming or have access to it, you know, holding for that one minute on those specific sites can really make a difference in how you're going to feel. Um, I had another thought with that, but uh, anyways, did that help or answer your question? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So so uh, please give the gals some pointers on rolling, like on technique and such. You know, I think sometimes people do it so it hurts really badly, and then that, of course, dissuades them from doing it. So what are what's the proper way to roll? Also, the calf thing? I, I can't figure that out. Oh, why? I know. I, I think that's I, the easiest part to roll. I, I feel like I'm like eh, 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 in like an inch. I can't figure out how to move myself back and forth. Oh. Is that dumb? Okay, go <laughs> no. ahead. No, it's not dumb. No, it's not dumb at all. Because, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, it's a common question is, am I doing this? You know, people are concerned. They're worried. Am I doing this right? I don't know, you know. And that's, and, you know, the same thing in the, you know, strength training. Am I, do, I'm too scared to go to, I don't know if I'm doing it right. And, mm -hmm. So a few things that, that might help with that is uh, it's just like exercise. You want to think harder and hurting is not necessarily better. So mm -hmm. it's, it's all about progression like anything. So you want to be able to start, you know, with a, a nice level one and then proceed from there at times and think that, you know, more pain, you know, is gain is not, is out. So, okay, good. Uh, Yes. So a few things we want to think about is um, breathing. Breathing. So we'll, we'll start with ABC. Can you remember ABC? Hmm. So A. Oh, yes. <laughs> okay, good. Wait, give us, give us a chance. <laughs> Go ahead. I don't, you know, mama brain, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know my ABCs. But, um, okay, so A, always start from the ground up. So if you're looking for a process... Start rolling the calves, the quads, the glutes, because when you work your way from the ground up, it helps you remember where to go and what to do and kind of keep you in order and on track, okay? And we do that because we, we think about biomechanics, okay? So if you, start, if you start from the ground up, there's something called the joint-by-joint -joint theory. And what that means is uh, your ankles were meant to be mobile, your knees were meant to be stable, your hips were meant to be mobile, your lumbar spine was meant to be stable, and your, th your thoracic, like rib cage and shoulder blade, right, that was meant to be mobile. Now, if, if something is not mobile, that should be, AKA your calves are not very mobile because you're so, your, your ankles are not mobile because you're tight in your calves. Uh, mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you can look a joint up or down from there, and you're probably going to have pain. So let's say my ankles are not very mobile. Not that I walk around really knowing that, but I get on that roller, and my calves are like, eek! So uh -huh. you, your calves are tight. Your ankles aren't mobile. So plantar fasciitis or knee pain is very common, okay? Uh, let's say your hips, your glutes and that are not very, you're not very mobile through your hip region. Your knees will do the twisting and turning for you then, or your low back. So if you look at something that's not being mobilized like it should be, a joint up or down from there, and you could have pain or dysfunction. So we always start from the ground up. The calves are super important to protect the feet and the knees and then just ride on up the chain. Does that make sense? 
Yep. Yep. All start, yep. start from the ground up. Then B is for breathe. So the key to enrolling, it's to, if you cannot breathe, if you're holding your breath, we're increasing blood pressure, that's bad. So if it's so hard and intense you are not breathing, that's when we know it's not good and it's too much. So when you're doing it, it's okay. Discomfort is okay. Excruciating pain is not. So discomfort is in I have to talk to myself in my head about breathing through this right now. Um, I can definitely feel this. It's like a nice little massage. Somebody's thumb is sitting here working on me, and it's kind of uh, deliciously horrible. Um, you know, that, that's okay. Discomfort is okay. If you don't feel a thing, you might not be doing too much. But, you know, any little compression there can, it could make a difference. But discomfort's okay. Excruciating pain is not. Breathing. If you're holding your breath, turning red, or uh, it, it, you're just not even willing to do it, I would say that's too much. So breathe. Uh, C, consistency is better than intensity. So, yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, going hard and all out, if you're not going to be willing to get back on that roller again in a year, it's just not going to do you any good. And it's kind of like I'm going to run this week, but I'm not going to run for another month. Um, think about how you're going to feel again when you do it. So it, it doesn't go away. It's like plaque in the teeth. You know, the, the discomfort stuff doesn't always go away. Now it gets more tolerable if you're consistent. So every other day would be fantastic. I mean, I'd always say I'd, you know, prefer every day, but, rec you know, the recommendation, you know, uh, every other day, three five to five times a week, consistency is better than intensity. Oh, okay, good. I like that. So start doing it and keep doing it. Note to myself. So uh, Andrea uh, asks, it's pronounced Andrea. Andrea. She specifically told us. Yes, go ahead. Oh, I see. Okay, thank yeah. you. Andrea asks, uh, if I could just get one product from Trigger Point, which one would be the best choice? And and while you're at it, Brittany, um, tell us about the new grid vibe because it sounds intriguing. Definitely. Okay, so which tool should you get? That is also a common question, a uh, very important question. I would just let you know all the products you see out there don't I, I hope you don't feel overwhelmed know that they were meant to meet just some specific need okay so the original grid which is our original foam roller or a foam roller in general but the grid is kind of a, a colleague of mine um, Mark said that he, uh, it's the gateway so it's the gateway tool um, and that meaning, everybody, I would just have them at least have a grid. Start with a grid. That's your, your traditional foam roller. You can get the job done. It's a fantastic tool to have. Um, that would be the one product I would say. Then you're introduced to it. Then you've started a habit and your intention with it. Then you might decide, you know, I have some specific needs or I have a sport-specific need. And that's when looking at some of the other tools can really be helpful. The densities, the sizes, uh, the di diameters make a difference. So if you need something that meets a need for deeper tissue or, uh, you know, something that is not as, as deep tissue or as hard to reach places, 
We have, you know, an STK for people who don't want to get on the ground or don't want to get dirty or who can't get on the ground. So tools just meet usually a need for people. So the grid is the one that I would say is a must and you must have in, you know, from there, of course, you have the, the T people and different diameters. You might want to progress or regress, okay? Now, the grid vibe, this is where you're, you're tricking me here because you're asking my favorite or the must have. You know, the grid vibe is now, um, it, it is maybe going to replace that grid right there because now you have Ooh. the... <laughs> uh, it's you have vibration plus your your grid in hand a two-in-one product in a sense and fantastic for recovery but also for your pre-work so don't get me wrong it, it can be for both um mm -hmm. so and describe it because because it, it's as i've seen it, it's it's like a, a grid but then it has uh, the instead of having a hollow core it has um, a device that's embedded in it that makes the whole thing vibrate, right? Yes. So it's a little bit it's a little bit smaller than the traditional grid. In fact, it could fit in the circle, um, the hollow circle oh. of our original grid. That's that's. Oh, so, that's interesting. Yeah. So if you're looking at how big is it, so it is smaller. Um, it has a one single button on it that you can turn on and off, and it it will. You have a charger that comes in the box, so don't throw it away if you do get it. Um, but it <laughs> it comes in the box and it charges and it can last for about two hours and it's. It's basically, you, you could just use it as the traditional basic grid, so don't turn the button on, or you could turn the button on and you have vibration, 33 hertz is what it is. So, uh -huh. so that's, that's what it looks like, that's what it would be, and if you're wondering, okay, so what does vibration offer me then? Um, yep. It, yep. You know, localized vibration would, it, it does improve flexibility and power of that particular muscle area that your group that you're hitting. Yeah. Um, it improves coordination, range of motion, and blood flow. So oh. you have that, and, you know, you're also doing your traditional uh, com compression and work and, and massage techniques that you use with the grid we move up and down and side to side and do some knee bends and all of those things are using what we know you know massage techniques that we know and and so the benefits there again relax you know muscles minimize pain improve your mobility speed up your recovery get to the next uh, workout sooner yay Mm -hmm. um, so, so it's an all-in-one package. So the vibration, uh, local, you know, localized vibration and compression, self-myofascial release, all in one. Mm. Wow, sounds great. Wow, and how much is the grid vibe? Do you know? It's ninety-nine. So, and then because um, just the regular grid is how much, Brittany? The regular grid is forty. Okay. All right. Okay. So it is, it is a little bit more of an investment, but it sounds like you're completely sold on it and, and feel like that vibration quality is uh, worth the extra uh, beans. I definitely do. But once again, if the price point for somebody is um, questionable for them, they're not certain yet, the grid is, is definitely the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. No, the grid is by far my best friend. It, it lives in our um, kind of little, little room off our bathroom and that's where I do my rolling. So, um, well, Brittany, thanks for spending time with us today. And um, I mean, I just love the analogies you use because it really makes me feel like that's what I'm going to be able to visualize when I wake up and think like, oh yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. It's that rope. I don't want to be, you know, tightening that knot. I want to 
let get that rope get the knot out and then let the you know the rope the muscle be the length it should be so that my stride isn't get, getting all hiccupy so thank you so much yeah, and i'm thinking about the the consistency i'm gonna foam roll tonight maybe just one minute but i'm gonna do it <laughs> right, brush your teeth too brush your teeth yeah, yeah right. i will i floss <laughs> thank you Brittany. <laughs> all right great thanks Brittany. you're welcome our next guest is one of the wonderful coaches from the train like a mother club mk fleming MK is the genius behind the heart rate training programs. A longtime marathon runner, MK is also coach with Lifetime Fitness, and she's a master BOSU trainer. MK is a mom of three and change. She's pregnant with baby number four, due in mid-February. Welcome back to the pod, MK. Well, hello. I don't, I'm hoping my earphones stay on with uh, you know, my, my inflated ego after that introduction. Thank you very much. That's very kind. <laughs> I've been practicing speaking slowly and without profanity, so you're welcome. I, I mean, when you said hello before, when we were like, I'm testing, I'm like, well, that's not MK, so I'm not sure who's on, <laughs> but yes, so well, good, good. After the three emails and two texts, I got the message, I'm going to behave. Okay. <laughs> well, that's no that's no fun <laughs> so uh, are you feeling okay being pregnant you nauseous doing all right no i feel terrible thanks for asking i oh, vomit most well, of the time good. um so i've somehow gained even though i'm only 13 weeks i have managed to gain 30 pounds um because it, without keeping food down which feels like a, a biological miracle to me but um we're <laughs> We're getting, we're getting through. I keep trying to remind myself the way I feel about this pregnancy. It's fine. It's okay to have these feelings because that's in no way related to how I'm going to feel about the child. Um, it's just funny when people, I, you know, people expect you to perform pregnancy, right? I'm supposed to be like, it's just a mm -hmm. miracle. I can't, like, I can't, I would almost sound like I'm making fun of Ellie. It's a miracle of life and I can just feel it blooming inside me. And it's like, all, that's, <laughs> I just can't do that when all I want to do is like not throw up on their shoes because... Man, everybody has better better looking shoes than I do these days. Yeah, are you three months now? Four I months. am thirteen, 13 weeks. Thirteen yeah. weeks and 13 weeks. four okay. days. Yeah, Come on, veterinarian, you should be able them. to do that math better than I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you, so what are what are you doing for workouts these days, MK? It sounds like it kind of changes on a daily basis a little bit. It, you know, it does. Um, I, you never know what to expect in a pregnancy with my first one I was able to keep up with my Nike teammates until about week 25 um, and then I passed that even the easy efforts I just couldn't even couldn't even hang and with I was able to continue moving until about uh, with the assistance of an elliptical and several humans keeping mm -hmm. me from falling off until about like week 34 um, mm -hmm. this pregnancy man I'm pretty much already done I'm so uh, much more hypermobile. I mean, I was hypermobile to begin with, but I've already started to get that joint separation and the soft joints. So my uh. workouts are um, a three-mile walk uh, that used to be the beginning of my run. What, what used to be my warm-up is now my workout. Sometimes if I feel it, I'll try to jog more often than not. I don't. And I just give my, myself permission to um, go get 50, min 50 minutes uh, minimum of cardio each day and um, uh -huh. try to pile uh, Pilates on top of that. I'm very fortunate oh. to live near a Pilates studio that offers um, incredible deals. So, and me being cheap, if I show up six days mm -hmm. a week, right it on. makes that makes the Pilates $8 a class. So wow, that's how, uh, yeah, I know. And I'm usually the only one there. So it's, I'm like, if, uh, <laughs> considering it's a big drop from like 70 to, to 80 mile weeks, 
down to this. So it's it, between the two, I can feel like I've accomplished something, even though I do definitely uh-huh. do not feel like I've had a workout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, we, we garnered questions from Facebook for you too, as we did for Brittany MK, but um, first let's touch on some prehab injury avoidance topics that I, that I know you feel passionately about. Um, so I love a statement that you threw my way the other day, which is half marathons are whole races. Um, expound on that. They really are. And I feel like people just don't take it seriously or don't respect the distance. Like 13.1 miles, that's a big deal. That could take you up to three hours to complete. Um, Mm -hmm. I did a half marathon while I was pregnant with Shiloh, my third child, um, in October 2014. Yes, 2014. 2014. I'll st- I'm going to stick him with that. It was October 2014. <laughs> it took me three hours and 13 minutes. Um, uh-huh. I was not ready to be doing one thing continuously for three hours and 13 minutes. And that was such an amazing learning experience for me um, to have, you know, it's like, how could you look down on that? You know, we, we get so wrapped around times and paces that we feel like, oh, it doesn't count because it took me longer. I would argue, man, it if you are if you're at that pace and it's going to take you longer, that's a bigger deal. Doing one thing continuously for three hours and 13 minutes is just as hard as doing one thing continuously for, you know, an hour and 36. So Amen to uh, that. so that's why that's I say it's I the full too. race and you still have to train for it. You no one, I don't care how fit you are or how much you spin. You can't fake a half marathon. You could probably go out there and just bang out a 5k, maybe a 10k, but a half marathon, no way, not without training. So MK, I know that you're not a believer that some runners are injury prone, but that some need more strength and prehab than others. Can you talk about that for a bit? Yes, you can thank my mother for that. She was an elementary school teacher and had a strong belief that um, all children were, each child was just as good and had the same net amount of talent as the next one. It's just that some, we would need to get a different type of drill, maybe dig a little deeper to tap into their potential. And I absolutely Mm -hmm. feel the same way about runners. Um, Nothing, well, that's not true, not nothing. Few things frustrate me more than a runner saying, oh, I can't do this. I can't really be who I want to be because I am so injury prone. I always get hurt. I've got shin splints. I've got this, I've that. Because most of the injuries that I see, um, and not all, but most, are completely avoidable and totally unnecessary. And I f- with the, the right amount of strength and preparation, they can be who they want to be. So maybe that's the, the, the prehab is uh, tantamount to the the, the drill analogy that my mother uses trying to, to dig at the potential of, of, a, of a child. And I believe that we can just, you know, continue that analogy quite successfully in all the grownups that we work with. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So on the AMR social media channels, and, and I know in the Train Like a Mother Club, we're forever reminding gals that they have one body. And as you said recently, I love this line too, replacement parts don't come cheap, if at all. So, um, you know, what do you... But it seems like that women like sort of they can hear that but they don't believe it or they don't they just don't want to deal with thinking about it so when they feel it when they feel something coming on they're just like oh you know I'm going to you know take a week off and then start running again so I mean kind of and it seems like then they fall into a cycle of doing that a lot what do you say to all that 
I think the tendency, most of us, um, those of us with kids know that every time our kids sneeze or look at us funny, we take them to the doctor and then the doctor looks back at us and says, they're fine. If there's no fever, there's no problem. Um, so mm-hmm. we become jaded or cynical, like there's almost no point in going because I know what they're going to say. And I think mm-hmm. that tends to happen a lot with adults. Well, I'm going to go and they're just going to say, oh, take three or four days off, take lots of aspirin, mm-hmm. don't run, try again when you feel better. And so we and we fall into this pattern of self-diagnosing and cynicism where not expecting to get answers. So we stop asking the question. Um, I oh, think that it, this isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it also feeds into we are so busy. We are so busy and overstretched and overworked and overmommed and overexpected. Every corner of society tells us that like in our downtime, you can be productive. There's an app for that. We can work on your to-do list. We can <laughs> knock items off of your to-do list. And there's that to-do list is perpetually so long that we forget to put ourselves on it. It's so easy to, to cut the three-minute uh, um, SSSC routine that I give people in the train like a mother club because, oh, I need that time to shower. And it's like, that's three minutes for you. Why would you give that away? So mm-hmm. I, I, that's kind of where I'm coming at on the, on the, on the medical side. We could go deeper into discussing what people think they're worth, but I think it truly comes down to, uh, on a, on a very uh, superficial level, just that, that cynicism of, I know what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. I'll just take two or three days off. I don't want to give that running mm-hmm. time away. I want to take time off unless I absolutely have to. So I'm going to make sure that I do mm-hmm. my three minute prehab every day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That uh, you don't, you know, feel like we don't get answers. So we stop asking questions. That is some really, that is exactly what happens so often on so many different things. My goodness. I mean, Molly was just saying that this morning when we were running. Well, you got to just keep asking the question. You got to ask another person and another person and you got to try different things. Mm-hmm. You just can't. Mm-hmm. be satisfied that there's no answer. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's one so, of the reasons right, so we'll... I encourage my runners to go directly to a physical therapist instead of the doctor. The doctor, mm-hmm. I mean, philosophically, their job is to solve problems and fix things that are broken. They are not there necessarily to, to diagnose soft tissue injuries and troubleshoot on a day-to-day basis. That's what PTs do. So taking that step, thats you're probably right. That's probably exactly what your doctor is going to say. Most states have eliminated, not all, but most, have eliminated the requirements requirement to get a prescription for PT from a doctor. So you can circumvent the process and just go directly to the PT. Even if your state demands it, more often than not, they have a workaround. If you just call and try to get an appointment, they'll work it out for you. So it's worth it. And you might not, you might hear a no, but why wouldn't you ask? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that's point. that's good. So so speaking of questions, we um, let's dive into some of those that we called from Facebook, um, like this good one from Kelly. And she's curious how to tell the difference between normal training fatigue, when you should stick to the training plan and just, quote, train tired, versus being on the brink of injury or overtraining so that taking an extra rest day or maybe, you know, converting a hard run to a recovery run is the smart move. You know, how do you tell that difference? Your attitude. If you wake up in the morning and you just don't want to do that workout, if you're no longer excited about that workout, because especially in the heart rate training, I make everyone run considerably more slowly than they want to go. And they're only given, even the harder plans are given only a couple of hard or high level intense difficult runs each week. So that should be candy. If you don't want that candy, you're probably not feeling well. And the best, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the first way to kind of figure that out is to take the day off. Taking 
truly easy effort run. Take a couple of those and see how you feel. If your attitude is better and you're starting to miss those harder workouts, um, then we're, you probably got what you needed and keep moving forward. If this continues to happen, you're, you could be overtraining and it's time to talk to your coach. So that's really what it comes down to. If you're mad at the world, if you're tired, if you don't want to do that workout, if you find yourself short with your kids and short with your husband, even even when they deserve it, when your ability to adult <laughs> is kind of hampered in some way. Because um, most of us can suck it up when we need to. We, the, my, Mother Runner's got grit like nothing I've ever seen. And when your grit is mm -hmm. at an end and a run doesn't make it better, then that's the time to take, um, to take a break. Because um, one other thing I want to say about that, and I promise I'll wrap this, mm -hmm. um, my, 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 I know my answers are long. I'm going to try to wrap this one up. I feel passionately about runner safety. I feel like most of the things I see women do to protect themselves don't actually keep them safe. In the same vein, when it comes to resting and relaxing, most of the things I see mother runners do don't necessarily chill them out or relax mm -hmm. them in any way. Yep. Because again, it's back yep. to that. You've got so much to do. You know what relaxes me? What makes me feel good is ticking items off my to-do list. And I'm like, okay, that, yeah. but that's an accomplishment. Mm -hmm. That's feeling good. That's not relaxing. Oh, I feel relaxed when I feel good. Like, no, no. And it's a back and forth that I've had so often. I'm starting in the Train Like a Mother Club on our monthly, um, the monthly heart rate training plans, um, really promoting the idea of self-care Sunday. And this is the short list of what you're allowed to do. And we're going to talk about what you did to totally unplug and relax. And watching trashy mm -hmm. reality TV, I would completely argue that that is unplugging and relaxing much more so than taking an hour to run around town and knock things off your to-do list. I gotta say, well, well, first of all, amen to that, MK. Amen to that. And that uh, this weekend, so I did 18 miles, and you know, I'd been traveling last week. I was out in Denver seeing you and uh, the rest of the team AMR, and uh, and so I was like, you know what? I feel like sitting on our front porch, turning on a podcast, and just staring at the world go by. <laughs> you yeah. know, and I put my feet up and I just was like, oh my God, I had to like talk myself into being like, no, this is an okay thing to be doing. Although it doesn't seem like I'm doing anything. And you you're know? not doing and anything. Just... And that's the point. Steve Magnus, one of the top coaches in the sport, likes to speak about how he has his elite runners, Olympians, at the day after a race, he wants them to go have a beer with their friends. And that's not the response we would expect at all from an Olympic level coach. But it's true. He's like, I need them to relax and rest and recharge and show back up at the track, ready to go. And we're really the same way. I feel like we don't take our easy days easy enough. And we don't take our rest mm -hmm. days seriously enough. Most of the women I know would plug themselves into the wall if they could instead of sleep at night. <laughs> and we're not, we aren't robots. I mean, we shouldn't be forced to do more with less and we shouldn't feel guilty about taking time for ourselves, especially downtime. It makes us better moms. Yeah. It makes me a better person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. What yeah. do you like to do to relax? Uh, it depends on the day. Right now, I like to get in um, my, my bathtub with a whole bunch of Epsom salts and lock the door um, because the kids are going to be beating on That's it and I one. don't have to open it when I do this. And yeah. I like to listen to podcasts. Um, and I have this new pair of headphones called, um, just say the name, Sarah, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm so excited by these. Aftershocks. I, aftershocks. I, I, could, I barely looked at the box. <laughs> but when I heard the sound 
in my hearing impaired ear for the first time in almost 20 years, I burst into tears. It's so clear. And I'm oh, you did. I, I think you yeah. took a video. Someone, someone took photos. I was like, Dim took a, so Dim took a picture. Yeah. 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 Because they sit on your cheekbone and they conduct sound that way. And so when, when I let you demo them when I was out there in, in Denver and just the look on your face. And so, so that's awesome. So you, you wear those in the, when you're in the bathtub and listen to podcasts. Yes. And I, it's, it's amazing to hear voices with such clarity and like to hear your voice clearly for the first time oh. was such a, a delicious, amazing thing. And, hearing all sorts of things for the first time. And I, know, I hear right? that all the time. I hear that all the time. I'm oh sure goodness. you do. Like, I'm I, sure need, you do. I need to play that to my mother. Oh my gosh. <laughs> She'll just be like, what? Your voice, Sarah? <laughs> <laughs> to your husband and children as well. See, some people could listen yeah, exactly. to me all day long. <laughs> You're a dear heart. Um, okay, so you like vetching out in the bathtub with your Epsom salts. That's good. That's good. But um, I like the one, feeling yeah. of playing hooky. So one of my, one of my mm-hmm. best, most relaxed days ever um i had just started listening to the podcast limetown and it's mm-hmm. so addictive it's it's set in tennessee so that's kind of triggering for me like you oh, already yeah. have I, i've a, listened to limetown yep yep a weird story in tennessee uh-huh. i'm all about it so i i listened <laughs> to the first episode and was sucked in and this is like 10 hours long um and i took my i made up some excuse that I, this is Thanksgiving Day. I made up some excuse and I left and went to a coffee shop down the street. And I just sat there for two hours listening to podcasts. And I, t- <laughs> I, I after a while, I told my husband what was what was going on. This is going to take a while. I'm you know better better for me to be distracted, not at home, than at home. And he was like, "That's fine." Um, but it, that was that was such a terrific day. I just I played hooky and I did something I totally wanted to do and I came back home and it was it was terrific. And then I proceeded to ignore my family over the next two days and uh, my while I finished this <laughs> podcast and my husband was like, "Could you please go back to the coffee shop? It's less weird." <laughs> <laughs> I like that idea of playing hooky. That's a, a good way to think about what would be relaxing. Because, you know, you could think, oh, well, I'll patch all the holes in the pants or something. Oh, that'll be relaxing. No, no, no. That's not hooky. And maybe sewing is well, relaxing for some people. But when you have no hand-eye coordination and I'm, I'm, it's one of those things I would love to learn. But when my child, my child is like, Mommy, could you fix this? I'm like, there's something inside of me just dies. Like, oh, here's another way for me to show you how imperfect I actually am. You got the wrong mom. Put it in the box and wait for Grandmama to get here she fixes everything (laughs) well here's something you're good at answering questions so here's another question lisa asks, uh what do you do in between training cycles so that you're not in pain when you up your mileage you have to keep running and i know that sounds um almost silly but when you the part of what we do when we're training and the whole idea behind a training plan what holds it together is that our joints tendons ligaments all have to make quote-unquote critical adaptations um, to prepare your body to participate in this sport. So what I what I see more often than not is that runners will finish a race and then get throw themselves back into family um, or throw themselves back into whatever it was they were doing before. And they sort of, if you think about that hour that you run each day as valuable real estate 
on your calendar like that that's gone and you've got to negotiate to get it back so mm-hmm. they come when they they when they win the next negotiation to enter another training cycle they probably have not been running enough so that jump from maybe mm-hmm. two times a week getting you know 10 to 15 miles um, from that to running four or five days a week getting 20 miles it's bigger than it sounds it's bigger than the straight up math 12 minus you know 20 minus 12 it's all that time on your feet adds up really quickly so the best thing you can do for yourself um, in between training cycles is to find some sort of a, a holding pattern a holding plan and really stick to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you up your strength training during your in, you know in between your training cycles I don't just up it. I kind of go crazy. I do all of the things I don't normally allow myself to do during a serious training cycle. Uh, For example, if you think about those minutes that you spend, um, those high efforts, high intensities that like chits, and you only get three chits or three hours of it a a week. All of those chits have to be allocated towards run training when you're in uh, a cycle for a race that you care about. When you're out of that cycle, it's like, I could use my chits to go do Orange Theory with my friends. I think they're Uh nuts because Orange Theory is so hard. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But but I will do the occasional class or spin or CrossFit. And I just give myself permission to go do those really incredibly hard um, social workouts that I normally wouldn't do. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. So we got a question from another Lisa. Um, what's your recommendation for prehab when you're running shorter distances? And she says, think 5K-ish. Ooh. Well, like let me break that down just a little bit, because another common misconception amongst mother runners is that 5Ks are easier. The intensity level is considerably higher in a 5K training plan. The net amount of running and the long run will be shorter and lesser. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, the intensity is much harder and the workouts are considerably more demanding. So I would argue that prehab is more important for a, mm-hmm. uh, a short distance uh, or or middle distance. Sorry, I know 5K is is technically long distance not short distance but in in our world that's um mm-hmm. that's just nothing since we're not compared on the track. to the marathon yeah, yeah exactly um, since we're not on the track yeah right but i, w- I would argue that it that it's more that it's more important and you would take it more seriously when you're doing those super short distance um high intensity workouts um than you know not that you don't ever need it but it's it's more critical when you're doing the super hard 5k specific workouts there's a reason by the way i don't do 5ks that's hard <laughs> i I am lazy. I don't like being in pain. That's why I run marathons. You go at one easy pace. Like that's not like too much faster than your easy effort pace for a really long time. When you're running a 5k, that's three miles. Feel like they're forever because it's so much faster than what you do the rest of the time. It's just, oh, I bet you'd be good at those though. Only if it was a talking 5k. <laughs> you would oh get the gosh, gold medal for sure. So not funny. see if people don't know what we're talking about, though. I mean, you, they need to go back and listen to the heart rate, the time you were on before with the heart rate training. I mean, it is night and day, and I'm just like, wow, like this is. This is so. I just think of you as such a spitfire. I just see you blowing through a 5k, but they, but that's yeah. You know, what do I know? It's no, no. You're so kind. I I think I do I do okay at the 10k distance because it's not as brutal mm-hmm. um but man the training yeah. specifically for a 5k it's just mm, mm, mm. I, I did it once and i don't have a, a compelling desire um to do that again but i have such fond memories of the what i was able to do in the 5k 
the one 5k that I really went balls to the walls on. And, um, I don't know, just all, it seems like a glorious memory of fireworks practically. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was extreme, but, um, well, so I also our- think my, mo- my most recent 5k was October, 2015. It was right after I had met Dimity, um, mm-hmm. at Zuma. And this is a throwaway race I was doing as part of my obligations for team beef. Um, cause I had had a baby and, the, the previous February. So it was only like eight months post, not, not quite like six and a half months postpartum. Um, mm-hmm. I'd only been training for four and I didn't expect anything good to happen, but I had really been cognizant of the strength and doing lots and lots and lots of strength to pull my body back together. So, um, I was on my way to run the New York city marathon. This is 2015. And, um, I didn't, it was the Denver rock and roll 5k and I got second place overall female with a 22 wow. minute and change finish. And that will never, that, sh- that, that time should not be second place overall female. It was a teeny tiny crowd that year. And uh-huh. I've got a gorgeous plaque to show for it. And I'm like, you know what? Everything is going to be downhill after this. <laughs> and so, not in a good way downhill. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, um, Jennifer wants to know how many minutes do I need to spend doing dynamic warmups? And while you're at it, talk to us a bit about the post-run drills women should consider doing in an effort to sidestep injury. And I got to say, I looked at your um, videos with the uh, Train Like a Mother stuff. I really like them. I thought you did a great job with them. I like that they were so concise, and I encourage people to take a look at them if they can. Thank you. You can imagine what it took a year ago for Dimity to make me speak slowly and <laughs> concisely about anything. Um, <laughs> we've come well, you know, you know, we nothing, love you, MK. So we ju- we're just <laughs> you're nothing if not accommodating. You're, you're not you're somebody that that does aim to please. So. <laughs> I you know I do aim to please. When when Sarah Bowen Shea like makes a special request, the least I can do is put a metronome on my desk and make sure I'm not throwing out more words than possible with each tick back and forth. That's literally what I'm doing right now. You know what? For this last question, MK, go for it. No, 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 Take no. Take the no. off. Let the, wor- let the no. world see. No, Alex and I are going out to lunch with Ellison. We, It'll I, be fast. I don't It'll be like faster. <laughs> well, if we're in a hurry, the number of minutes matters less than what we're doing to warm you up. So I've put together a, seri- a, a warm-up drill series called Silly Toes that I think is pretty awesome. And it's uh, once you've completed it start to finish, you will have warmed up all of the tendons, all of the ligaments and really opened up the range of motion in your ankles and your hips, all of Mm. which are necessary to really get your body ready to do some work. So that's really when you go into a run cold, even from nothing to, you know, jogging as part of your warm up that that's great. But that that jogging portion still isn't waking up your ankle. It isn't waking up all your hip flexors. It isn't, you know, telling your glute med like, hi, we need your participation too. Let's go. (laughs) Um, And some of them, it's kind of hard to balance without, without thinking. It's not, these, these aren't like they're not highly technical. It's just they're awkward, which is why I call them silly toes. You're going to look ridiculous, but you are going to be so ready to work um, that it's not funny. And mine, when I'm not in a competitive with myself training cycle, um, I spend about five to six minutes doing dynamic warm-ups. When I uh-huh. am and I do care, and I'm not, I'm not saying that you need to do this. It's it's closer to twenty. Oh, I warm up my wow. hips. I warm up my ankles. I warm up my back. I warm up my shoulders. I make sure that like, um, you know, and this is only before like the really hard or the really long yeah, sure. workouts. Yep. Yep. But, 
but I'm not saying you, y'all need to do that. But if you're if you're there and you're on my harder plans, we will talk about the need to do hip openers as well mm-hmm. as silly toes. But for your your average person, as long as we're going through some drills, three to five minutes is plenty. I tell my runners when they're crunched for time, I would rather you um, not skip them completely because most of my runners tend to be all or nothing thinkers. If I can't do all of it, I'm just going to do none of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. give me the first four, the, the, the penguin walks and the pigeon walks. And if we do that, we've still warmed up everything nicely that we can we can skate by with it. It's better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes to post-run drills, again, I'm not so worried about the drills as I am about the foam rolling. Hopefully you watched that video as mm. well, Molly, because let me tell you, foam rolling is and amazing. Yeah, and it's the first time I actually knew how to foam roll was when I watched that. Because I, I mean, I like, I did everything wrong. You know, I just like, eh, okay. Eh. <laughs> That's me like doing one muscle, doing another muscle, done. So I, I did the whole thing and I really liked it. Yeah. Thank you. It's always funny to me when, um, when runners are like, oh, I'm having this tightness in my Achilles. And I'm like, you need to roll your shins. But that's not where my Achilles is. I'm like, I know. Your body is a closed mechanical system. And if there's a failure and a pain point in the back, it's probably a failure in the front. And that mm-hmm. failure is going to start working its way forward into the form of a shin splint if we don't do something about it. So please go roll your shins. And after a couple of days, let's talk about how your calf feels. And more often than not, they're like, that's amazing. I'm like, I know. <laughs> and you wonder, it's like, how do I make my IT band, you know, stronger? Because it, it hurts a whole lot. I'm like, well, we strengthen your glutes and we need to foam roll the bejesus out of it. Get down there and shear it <laughs> off like shear the fuzz like a little sheep like I do in this video and that's a really helpful thing to do it hurts I'm not gonna lie the first time you do my series on a hard enough foam roller which I'm a big fan of the trigger point grid x the black oh one with boy. the uh, yep. yeah but I mean really if I could get them to make that cold roller in a bigger size I'm all about it so I'm <laughs> let me put that out there in the world trigger point please I want a life-size mk size cold roller and it doesn't even need to go in my freezer I don't care about that it's just that it's hard and it's steel and uh man you're gonna get the fuzz out with that for sure so that's um when you're when you're foam rolling on a regular basis that's part of your prehab too you're increasing the blood flow to those muscles you're loosening them up it feels good when you have i mean once you've gotten used to it um and my my runners say it takes about two weeks to really get used to the series that um i asked them to perform but it all comes together really nicely to create um a supportive network for your body that's going to allow you to keep doing this thing that we all love to do Yep. Yep. And we're going to end on that note, MK. And you have just been so, so awesome. So awesome today. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to talk to you. I hope I see you again soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, all right. We are going to go from MK from the Train Like a Mother Club to Dimity in the Train Like a Mother Club. Hello, hello. It's Dimity here with your Train Like a Mother Club corner coming to you from Denver in uh, mid-August. We are one week out from starting school in my neck of the woods. So that means so many school forms. Honestly, it is just, they bury me. They bury me. And you'd think that I, at this point, would, you know, have our insurance number or at least our doctor's number um, memorized. But no, I have to look it up every single time. And of course, I don't keep it in a you know, one easy to access place. Like I have to go back on the internet and cut and paste. And anyway, I'm sure you feel my pain if you have school-aged children. Um, 
here's a good way to take your mind off of that. Running. Uh, really excited. We, we've been making a couple small changes in the Train Like a Mother Club. And the first one that I want to talk about today is that Heart Rate 101 and Heart Rate 102 are now rolling admission, which means that if you sign up on um, a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, before 11 a.m. on Sunday, 11 p.m., I'm sorry, 11 p.m. on Sunday, you start the program that Monday. So you don't have to wait. Previously, we had eight-week waves, and we were chunking them up that way. And now we are able to basically take people whenever they want to start. You know, you may have a week of waiting if you sign up on a Monday, um, but it's not going to be four weeks of waiting or eight weeks of waiting or whenever. So you can kind of slide it into your schedule in between races or when you have some time to, if you want to learn to, to train by heart rate and you want to, you know, spend a little time towards the end of this year doing that or, or whatever. It's, it's just much more flexible now. I just want to go through a couple testimonials in case you're not familiar with Heart Rate 101. Kind of um, obviously the, the title is pretty self-explanatory in that it teaches you how to run by heart rate um, and um, with the emphasis on the easy effort run. Um, understanding that a lot of people think that what um, easy is is actually pretty hard when it comes to running. And so we really want to try to keep you guys um, to, to dial in your easy effort pace. Um, but then there's all this other stuff that happens outside of slowing down and figuring out your easy effort pace. And um, somebody started a thread in a spring Heart Rate 101 program about what else you learned in Heart Rate 101 besides the, um, the running part. And this was just, I just want to read a couple of these just because, you know, I just think it's just a lot of it is just so important and kind of fun to hear. So Anna says, um, what else I learned? For me, it is taking care of my sleep. In order to get my five weekly run-ins, I have to do them first, either up early and finish before my kids are up or as soon as they are on the school bus. And in order to do that, I need to go to bed earlier. I have to sleep enough in order to do a true easy effort run. I quit working on my computer after the kids are in bed. I noticed how having wine right before bed has me up at 2 a.m. for an hour. Um, so no more nightcaps, mostly, she says. I moved the phone off the bedside table. It's still in the room. Um, but she's on call 24-7. Better runs equals better sleep equals better energy equals less crabby mom equals better wife. Hashtag winning at life. So Anna had ramifications that echoed through her whole day, it sounds like. Um, Heart Rate 101 taught me that um, I don't have to hurt myself in order to be a runner, that it's okay not to push until you break, that running can be enjoyable and fulfilling again. And that's Holly. Um, she also said, you guys have helped me with more than just running. I am truly grateful. Um, Charlene says, I can run continuously for over an hour and not be in pain afterwards. Um, Jenna said, um, I'm such a type A person and pace has always been the measuring stick for my success as a runner. This program has put my ego in check and helped me realize how lovely an easy run can actually be. I was feeling a bit down the other day about not making more progress over these eight weeks, but I listened to one of the podcasts that helped me remind me all forward motion is good. I'm looking forward to making even more progress. And then finally, one more. Um, Jennifer says that an easy effort is never wasted. I am still, quote unquote, working out and becoming fit without having to kill myself every exercise session. And I feel like I can't move because I'm so sore. Also, the foam roller knows more ways to torture than I knew of. And that is coming from a kinesiology major. Um, 
so yeah, so that's kind of the uh, the crux of 101, some of the things you can learn. Um, and again, it's rolling admission, which means now if you go to the page under the heart rate programs and the Train Like a Mother Club, you can sign up and we can get you watching your beats uh, nearly ASAP. So have a great week, ladies, and we will see you um, next week out on the roads and on the trails and in the pool and on the bike and all those things. Okay. I am really excited. Last night I stayed up till 11 o'clock loading in new hats and visors that we debuted on the Mother Runner store this week. Uh, We had such a fun video or sorry, photo shoot last week. Um, Just really some new women modeling for us, Mother Runners, uh, numerous trucker hats, including this gorgeous one with a field of flowers on it, two with evergreen trees. They're so beautiful. They're so different. Um, so, and if trucker hats aren't your thing, because I'm totally not a trucker hat kind of girl, um, we introduce a few new running hats and visor lovers. I heard you. I heard your requests. So we now have two running visors in our store. And wait for it. Here's the big news. We're having a big sale on all our hats and visors in our store. For a limited time, they're all marked down to $15. They're usually $20, so get them while they're hot and $15. Um, and uh, get them while they last, literally, because... Uh, we have to wait a really long time to get our hats. So once they're sold out, they are pretty much gone. So go to anothermotherrunnerstore.com and click on accessories. And you're going to see all our sassy hats and visors. Again, to nab those $15 beauties, go to motherrunnerstore.com and go to accessories. Our podcast is a member of the ACAST network. And our show today was produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy injury-free miles. 